captain, captain now. But he didn't right. tell him he killed the captain, did they tell he tell him? Yeah, he threw a, a, a sword right into Peter Boyle's. Uh, no, but did they, he tell the crew? Yeah, he said, I killed the captain. Wow, okay. I saw the, I know where the treasure is, I'm the captain. Right, so that's the thing. So now he's looking at the map. And again, okay, it's One this more key. question. Yeah. He was the lowest member of the crew. Right. Old so Dick, do they know the it's him? Or do they yeah. Think... Okay, okay, okay. The whole, the whole pirate crew actually was on the island helping. Okay. And he was making uh, a soup, beans, and yeah. Peter when Boyle. They're going to be ready, motherfucker. Okay, so look, we're changing pace. I want to play the music because it's. You remember the sound effects in the Monkeys movie Head? Yeah, I do. Okay. We get a lot of like Richard Lester, uh, Monkeys, British uh, pop sensibility in this. So he's going to. He spent 20 years and he walks out, and here's the sound effect. What do you mean, like 20 years? What? What'd you, what'd you say? Well, anyway, he it's 20 years have passed. Why? I mean, How? Why? He can't find the treasure. He can't find the, the map. So he's been, like, in his room, basically, uh-huh. and he comes out, and he's like, boom. You know, he, he doesn't know where it is. So what now he wants to... in color. Right. So this is, this is 1973 they shot this. This is no okay. special effects. Okay. They actually... So the producers got a second hand. Oh, here comes the second music. We had the uh, little piano music up front, and now, yo ho, we have a, a full-on pirate ballad. They wrote. Is it a sea chanty? Let's hear it. I can't hear it. You sang over it. Okay, here we go. Copyright infringement. Clive Ravel again. Oh, he was... Where did we see him before? Well, we saw him in Modesty Blaze, and we saw him in the movie with uh, uh, <clears throat> Bob Hope, a, a murder... murder. Oh, she, right, that the TV movie. Is murder, that... she televisioned... <laughs> what was yeah. it? It was Murder King... Uh, something. Masterpiece of Murder. It was, yeah. It had Ghoulie's professor, and right. uh, they stole the. He tricked them into stealing the paintings. We yeah, uh, was in that. He was the gallery owner. Well, you know Spike Milligan. I don't know if you know Spike Milligan. He's like a comedic force, and he was in a movie we saw. Okay, was he, okay. I think I do know him, but I, I only know him like later in his career when he he did this. Tell me what he was in besides this Peter Sellers radio show. He was the landlord. He was Barry McKenzie's landlord in The Adventures of Barry McKenzie. Okay, I remember that guy, and he was talking about the electricity you have to put a quarter in. Yeah, right. Uh, So Spike Milligan wrote this, and, like, Peter Sellers was into it. However, he comes in, and Peter Sellers, you know, he's in one of his moods. The first thing he does, fires the two producers. Okay. So no one knows anything so the the production sucks on sea and on land this is a secondhand uh african cigarette boat that they repainted and built as a a pirate ship and they added two steam engines in there and they drove they drove it they've sailed it to cyprus yeah the islander shooting Uh from greece and people could say like the director's like people are like i see your pirate ship 
So it arrives like two weeks later. They see it in the coast, right? Oh, this They're is an interesting. And the first thing the boat does is crashes into the rocks the first day they arrive. Oh, great. The, the, the captain was drunk, and they, he took a churn. So <laughs> they fixed it, and they shot this, and everyone was happy. So this, the boat stuff, especially when you see Tony Francisco, the swashbuckling guy, and sellers together, that's the first week. Okay, wait. I got to stop you first. Oh, yeah. I know that comedian. I got to stop you for a second. So he's woken up. It's 20 years. Uh, he didn't wake up. He, he, he couldn't up. find the they map. They've just been lost at sea. They've just been lost at sea. Okay. And what is the crew's attitude? I mean, I cannot believe a real world in which, hey, the captain's been in there for like sure. two years. What's going on? You know? I just say this movie, <laughs> it, it leaves the real world a couple times. Okay. Uh, okay. So, you know, you have to take things with a grain of salt. They will kill the captain the moment the captain shows him the treasure. I thought, so, it, I thought it was cute the way the little kid, if if that's what I'm looking at here, yeah. has, had the ship. Well, they this is still shot in Cyprus. They didn't have the money to actually go to Ireland, but they is had he landed. A Cypriot. The what? Well, people from Cyprus, they're called Cypriots. Oh, I had no idea. Yeah, that's it's it's weird, but it's true. Hello, Cypriot. So um, these Cypriots are now, they're pretending to be in Ireland. They uh, built a little Irish village for this movie. But they landed, and um, this is Ireland. So they're going to get some food. When they're sitting down and they're eating, the mother's probably going to say, my boy was born at midnight. And what okay. the premise is, this guy, the cook, Dick Scratcher, is going to say, well, as a pirate lord goes, anyone who was born at midnight can see ghosts. I'm going to kidnap this boy, and we're going to go to Treasure Island. This is a very original story, by the way. Uh -huh. And he's going to conjure the uh, Peter Seller, uh, Peter Boyle, and the dead captain will tell me where the treasure is. Okay, now, will we see Peter Boyle again? Because you had said no. Never. Not his ghost. Now he won't appear. They as... won't even, there's not even a fucking ghost in this movie. They have, like, uh, his shipmates pretend, dress up as a ghost. Well, you okay. never. There's no, okay. nothing that really otherworldly in this movie. <laughs> Peter Medic. The script was not finished. They Medic. Medic. They okayed the film Columbia Pictures for two point six million dollars. There was no script. Sure, it's and, Peter Sellers. It's uh, Spike Mulligan. I mean, we got a winner here. Yeah, we got a winner here. Uh, but it was it was a total disaster. So, problem is that. Okay, so here, weird sound effects going on. Oh, so the Irish are, are singing while they... Well, no, no, it's like, actually... The... There's a singer at there, but they're all waiting for the food. They haven't really eaten a real meal. It, it's, but, I mean, can we hear dialogue now? Is it a talkie? Yeah, it's back to a talkie. Okay, okay. One of the amazing things about the documentary is that the director had a like a pristine, like, 4K print of this movie. Looks okay. nothing like this muddy piece of shit. Yeah, yeah, like, it is patchy and pasty. There's one point in this movie where they get the red plague. They fake a plague. They get the red plague. And you can't tell what color the plague is. Okay, here we go. They're eating vegetables that have been prepared. Right? Hysterical. Right. This is their comedic. He said the, the first week when they shot on the boat, it was great. It was not easy. The entire crew was on the ship. 
right 110 right. people were on the ship and the and the talent they had a generator boat tied to the back so they wouldn't capsize then under they had wires going from the generator boat underwater to a big arc light that was on the pirate ship above uh-huh they had to shut off the engine to uh to hear the actors and they had to shoot before the sun went down and yeah. the boat was rocking the entire time and the crew was getting seasick the weather was getting bad to make <laughs> it look like they were off the shore they had to go five miles so there was no land in the shot and people would get sick and so peter sellers is getting pissy right right and the <laughs> real producers are not there he fired them there's no one and this guy like Medic. So there's medic. someone to complain to. Yeah, medic. Okay, go ahead. He's not a. He's. This is the first nautical adventure he shot, right? And we okay. all know from like Waterworld to like the James Bond movie with Sean Connery underwater. They're boring. Water movies are dull. Uh, like Moby. Yeah. Uh, not Moby Dick. Uh, there was that recent movie. Yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. Long vessel. I mean, I'm just, Avatar, Way of the Water, notwithstanding, I'm sure, but I feel like when you're in the water, it just doesn't really interest me. Like, you can't fight underwater. Well, I know what you mean. Like, there's nowhere to go but the ship. That right. makes you give this limited feeling. And there's not... I don't know. Are we being fair to ship-faring movies? They're so boring. No, there's some rollicking ones. I mean, Mutiny on the Bow is a classic. Okay. They shot out there. One interesting, one thing about this movie. So they were saying like shooting on the boat in the water was a disaster. It was right. people getting sick. The weather was shitty. They had to cancel. And Sellers wasn't showing up. One of the scenes in the documentary, he's talking to his friend, and they're on the boat sailing on the open sea. And with a digital camera, it's so easy. Yeah, yeah. you know, you just set the camera, and boom, you go back and forth. Okay, now he's realizing about the. Okay, yeah. He's... Stop. All right, Go on, I don't believe you. Okay, he's going to basically abduct the kid. Have we had a chance to listen to Sellers? He sounds like Robin Williams in Popeye. I haven't heard him. Go ahead. All right, we'll go. Yeah. Hmm. See, he's, just, he's selling this guy. Now, this is an actor named Tony Francesco, and I apologize if I get his name wrong. He was married like four times. He married Shelley Winters. Uh -huh. He had he had a, a big star lead, but he was a very combative guy, and he lost a couple of TV pilots, according to his IMDb, mm -hmm. for just being combative. They didn't want to renew with him. He was friends with Peter Sellers, and Medic got him on the Medic got him on the uh, yeah. in the film because he knew he was a buddy, and they had they were excited. They never worked together. They never worked again. They had such an amazing fallout. I'll show you the scene. Oh, they have a fun. I mean, in real life, they. Okay. Yeah. The documentary was. It talked to one of his ex wives, the wife at the time, and it was saying, like, although probably maybe the same wife. I don't want to be disrespectful. But okay. He would get his goat. He would call, like, sellers would call him, like, ah, you dumb American cowboy, right? Just fuck with him. And they were on the boat, and there was a scene, and he was fucking with them. And when the scene was shot, uh, and Seller's back was churned. Tony went up with his sword. It was about to hit him, and he stopped. Like, but he did, you know, the motion. And, but he did the motion with earnest. He was really. No, he was. He was really. He wanted to fucking hit him, but he he restrained himself. He, he okay. was about, you know, he he went that far. So Bert 
Peter Sellers driver saw it, told Sellers what happened. And Sellers says, I do not want to be in a single frame with this man anymore. So you will see on the boat scene. I know this scene is like whatever, but in the boat scene, you'll see the buddies and then there'll be a scene where they're not, you'll see. They're not buddies and they're not together in the scene. It's really weird. Okay. All right. So, uh, and also getting back to the boat, because we'll be on. There's the ghost. Yeah. So basically, he wants to take the kid for a test drive. He goes to a cemetery. He says, "All right, kitty, do your thing." <laughs> but as the wind blows a, a a sheet over the kid, look at this. Died 103 of alcoholism. Thank <laughs> God. So, so Sellers mistakenly thought he saw a ghost just before he got knocked out. Yeah. So he, pa- I think he passed out or something. Are we abducting this kid right this moment? No, the kids are already been abducted. Well, he fell and hit his head on the tombstone, and he oh, was right. not unconscious. <clears throat> Why are they wrapping him up if they're not abducting him? Oh, maybe they are abducting him now. Oh, okay. It's, really okay. Just, it's just murky. I mean, the, the print is murky, but the storyline is murky. They had a problem. So this film was not going well, and they were blaming the director. And unbeknownst to the director, there was like this shitty uh, – uh, it wasn't an email back in 73. Well, okay, the correspondence. Yeah, but they did send him a telex. Okay. And the telex was like, you know, you need to learn how to be a director. This is a disaster. I, I have it. Uh, Who sent it? Like the, the studio or something? Carl, what, what number do you have? Don't you dare, Michael. No, I just, I just moved my... Uh, Okay, 2019, 2020, 2021, 2022. The years are passing by. Tell me when you get to 30, okay? Two, 28, 29, 30. Okay, great. Okay, let's, let me hear where we're going at. So, yeah, I guess he's been Shanghai now. Who did this to you? You tell me. <laughs> oh, right, right, right. So the other crew kidnaps him. So Tony sees him. And he says, what happened? And one of the, here's one of the jokes in the movie. I've been kidnapped. You've so been kidnapped. Free? You're just a kid. Yeah, he's letting him free. <laughs> well, he's letting him, he's untying him and letting him on. And uh, we're going to go see him. But basically, he's, he's now part of the crew. You know, it's one of the reasons why I thought the story was written in the 1800s, because it's pretty similar to... Robert Louis Stevenson's shit. Yeah, well, maybe that was the model. So <clears throat> he's not going to be. <laughs> there you go, kid. So yeah. he's not going to be abducted like he's tied up. He's now like, now they've shanghaied him and he's part of the crew. Right. So he's going to hate the scratch. He hates Dick Scratcher, you okay. know, as most most people do. And then uh, he's going to be buddies with this this suave guy Tony. And again, okay. like this is like the fun. This is the fun times in this movie. The cowboy American. Yeah, the cowboy American. Let's see if I could get his voice. It's like the worst. It's a very distinct pirate voice. <laughs> but he did a shitty job acting. What like, or is it supposed to be comedic? He stopped showing up, you know, and they would have to wait for him. For sellers or for uh... sellers. Okay. You know, the other guy did, he was there, he was there with his family. Like, everyone was on the fucking island of, Cy- of Cyprus, so they yeah. they were able to bring their families. And uh, they actually had one of Peter Sellers' daughters talk. She's about our age. 
and just saying that she would never see him. And then when they had birthday parties, it would be super extravagant because it was the only time they really saw each other. And she just took it for granted. You know, she just assumed that's what it was. Okay, so these two actors are terrific. And yeah. the older of the two, uh, actually, uh, it's a guy named Jamie. Oh, I wrote it down. Uh, it's Murray Melvin was on the documentary. And the other guy is named Jimmy, Jamie, Jamie, James Fuller. Murray Melvin. James Fuller is the one with the sideburns. And then the actor. Now, this is, they're British. Oh, no, no. They... Yeah, they're British. So they, they see this ship. Now, this is like a really funny bit. This movie is like an oasis. All right. Well, the guy with the sideburns, the fussier of the two, spoke speaks to the director. Uh -huh. And the other director, the other guy passed away, but he was like a beloved actor. There's a strange sub story that it's evolved that involves one of these guys in this movie. So let me set up the joke. The Brits are coming. Here's the British music. The right. Brits are coming. To do the Brits are coming yeah. now. They're the Navy of yesteryear. The brilliant idea is that he's going to put makeup on everyone. They're going to take a ship on the shit on the poop deck so things smell, and they're going to say they have the Red Plague. Remember the Red Plague? <laughs> no, you can't tell in this print. I swear to God, I thought they had like the Brown Plague. <laughs> well, they're coming up here. They're very. This is you know, and the guy was upset. He said. We were only in one scene to, at all. Like these guys show up, promises like a good movie is going to happen, and then they leave. And I'm playing the music so you'll set up the punchline. So the director was saying, like, they ran out of budget, and when they were shooting, they had a cheat being on the open sea. So you'll see shots where they're like, look, it looks like at the open sea. Right. And then there's other ones where they just put the camera down low on the boat and mm -hmm. shot it that way. Mm -hmm. All right. So do you see that distinct red mark? Oh, I know that guy's face. I could be wrong. I think he, he has to be the older uh, octetarian in the documentary. This was 73, and the documentary was like 40 years later. Yeah. 40, yeah. So it's interesting because he's still bitter about it. So he's this, supposed to have red dots on him? Yeah, exactly. And in the documentary, it's clear as a bell. And in this, this print with the tracking, the, the cute little tracking in the bottom, mm. it's not the greatest, but it exists. And I like that. <laughs> yeah, this is YouTube and this is our show. I wouldn't have it another way, really. So they're basically saying, you know, you pirates are now under the Brits and we're going to take your shit. And by the way, what's that red mark and why does it smell like shit? <laughs> and they'll say, oh, we got the red plague. And then they're like, meep, meep, I'm out of here. Beep, you mean Roadrunner? Yeah, they're out. <laughs> and then there's a there's a punchline with the music and the uh, film as they, they escape. So there's not much of a plot going on, right? No. Well, I don't know. So one of the things was that Sellers got so pissed off, he, you know, uh, Medic at, received... At guy? Yeah, they received a nasty telex saying it's all the fault of the director. He's pissed at this guy. He's not really talking to him or this and that. So he says, get Spike Milligan on the island. He's going to rewrite this fucking movie. Okay. While they're shooting. So look, they all have the red plague. 
We gotta go. So here, check out the music. It's sped up backwards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very nice. I swear to God, if this movie was nothing like bits like this, I would love it. 93 minutes of fucking bits like this? God bless. But it's not. When, when Spike shows up and he starts changing things, the tone of the movie is completely different. That's weird, and that guy knows what he's doing. Yeah, I don't think he knew what he was doing here. You know, like, he, they talked to uh, Spike Mulligan's assistant. I think right. they were they were an item because she still lives in that house, but this gorgeous house in London. All right, so here's the deal. The captain's saying, we're going this direction, and Smiley is saying, that's bullshit. It's actually the island's that direction, so set Who's up sail smiling? this way. All right. Who's smiling? Uh, the swashbuckling guy, Tony okay, Francisco. that's his name, Sw- Smiley. No, I don't really remember his name. Oh, you just call him that? Okay. Yeah, it helps me sort him out. One of the pirates himself, the one with the brown glasses at one point, right. he looks like that comedian that you, you saw. He was actually from Cyrus. And he said that they interviewed him in the dock, and he said... Cyprus. Cyprus, yeah. yeah so yeah. he was there, and they, there's a scene that they pretend it's Algiers. It's shot in the market there. And they stopped, and he went to the com- get buffet, commissary, and they stopped him. They said, extras can't eat here. This is right, right, only right. for the actors. <laughs> He said, what bullshit? I'm a fucking actor. And he was thought like we were treated by natives. He wasn't the only one being treated this way. They had a riot and three-fourths of their extras left and they took the costumes. They had this a is on land. What was the complaint? That the, the British film production was treating them like shit. You know, what like they mean? they weren't able to eat. They they weren't able to go to craft services. They were, you know, they were dressed up and it was poorly it was poorly produced at this time. Uh-huh. So when you see that scene, like they all left and they had to go back to the actual market, the the production crowd, and rebuy the item, the costumes they left with. All right. So let's see what's going on here. That's mutiny. Okay, he goes, uh, we're we're gonna we're gonna mutiny. And he goes, What's mutiny? And he goes, We're gonna stop working. And Peter Sellers, <laughs> stop working, that's mutiny. That's funny. I tell you, there's some great bits of this, but it's like it's like really cool cherries in a big bowl of nasty ass Jello. This film, mm-hmm. like you can't wait for the the cherries are cool. All right, well, yes, this were the Jello. It kind of reminds me a little of Cabin Boy, the Chris Elliott movie. Well, it's on that's on a ship, but it's a funny movie in parts. You know, there's there's some parts where just nothing happens. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Hey, I'm a talking cupcake that spits tobacco. I remember that that cheating. Um, what was she? She was like an enchantress kind of. Right. Oh, the Anne Magazine. Oh no, no, on the. Uh... No, like he goes into that cave and there's like a woman with a lot yeah. of arms or something. A lot of arms. And, and then her husband comes home. Right. He's like, yeah. <laughs> you know, and she has to play it off. It's pretty good. Pretty good. Art. I I liked how he ate the chum and he thought it was like a look soup. at this. The kid just looked in the camera. He said, "You're gonna be a pirate." So they 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 put down their other fake flag and put up their true pirate flag. So Mulligan shows up, and he plays a character that's from the book, Billy Bombay. 
but being Spike Milligan, he's Billy Bombay from Bombay. And basically, he's an old shipmate. He also was able to see ghosts. That's why uh, Peter Sellers knows. So they're going to meet him, and he's going to say, I'll get you the treasure. I have my own treasure on that island, too. Okay. But that's uh, where well, here we are on the boat. The premise here is we've got to get in contact, or, or at least Peter Sellers does, have to get in contact with the ghost, you know, right. Peter Boyle, find out where the treasure is. Right. So here they find a, they're ready to attack this lone ship. Although there is one thing on the ship. It's it's abandoned? But yeah. Okay. There's one. I think this is where they find it. Yeah, and they have the cheesy fucking music. Listen, I mean, this is like the this fast speed voice. It is a trap. Whoa. This was shot intentionally like this. I don't know. Sometimes I feel like they just had nothing there. So they just, you know, he he had the burden after this experience to edit the film. You know, so the the medic, okay. so he uh, he did what he could, you know, and so a lot of these scenes, they're sped up with crazy sound effects. Because uh, he's trying know. to make something work. Yeah. Or maybe it was intentional. Like the the spirit of the film, like it's sped up like this. Maybe. But he had to make from the time of writing, like this yeah. was part of okay. But it's not that funny. I don't know, it's weird. Yeah. It kind of reminds me of these look like medieval knights or something. Why are they right? If we were in colonial sixteen uh, hundreds, we shouldn't see are they Spaniards and they Yeah, still... so they're this is actually changed to seventeen hundreds in the Caribbean. Oh, because so. he woke up 20 years later? No, he didn't wake up, Carl. He just now, Yeah, I keep saying that. He was looking for the map in his court. And then next thing you know it, time has passed, and it's 20 years later. So it's like, that was just done to be a gag. It's right. funny, but the right. plot still... It went from the silent movie, the Nickelodeon flickering images, to present day. Okay. Present day. Oh, so he it's said, listen, you can go out there, you know, being a pirate... You're a real pirate, though, aren't you, Pierre? Yeah, I love pirates. Boys love pirates. <laughs> now, there's a fly bothering him. Right? I mean, Okay, it's that'll just, be our comedic premise. I, he's just doing his own thing at this point. Yep, killed the fly, Carl. <laughs> now I can go to sleep. The first time I watched this movie, I go, oh, no, the boat's going to go. Okay, this is kind of like... Okay, but they I, don't play that out. It was just... No, no, it's fine. Yes, this is the abandoned ship. It's abandoned, but there's a duck on it. We already saw the abandoned ship, and there were... People. But here's another ship. He Well, he doesn't see anything right now, Carl. Because the cap is on? Because the cap is on! Oh, I... <laughs> so, yeah, they're basically going... It's called a duck hunt. And they find a boat with a duck. So guess what's going to happen in the next 10 minutes? But 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 how is this getting him closer to Peter Boyle? They're, they're sailing towards the island. We're, okay, we're heading so towards... They're on their way to the island, and they're they're bumping into things. And we're right, seeing little, little set pieces. Oh, it's the journey, Carl. It's, it's a baby boat. I don't know. It's... 
I really, 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 really paid attention to the scene <laughs> because it was like I didn't know what was going on. They basically chased the duck. They they're gonna go on shore trying to shoot this duck while the duck's waddling. That's it. That's the whole. That's the whole scene. Surrender! Surrender! saying to the duck. You know, I'll give you. I'll tell you the story of the. Cigarette They're trying commercial. to be funny. Yeah. Now you know he he went through the boat like that. That gag was used in a cigarette commercial that was shot during this time. Okay. Peter Sellers went up to the director. It was the first weekend they had, and he said, "Hey, can you do me a fave? Me and Spike are going to shoot a Benson and Hedges uh, commercial. Can you direct it?" Okay, we'll shoot it on the island. They set it up. That guy Jamie, one of the the British guys, he's there. So basically, they're breaking into steel gold bullion, and they stop the security bell by putting a Benson and Hedges pack in the bell. This is okay. on YouTube. This commercial. Okay. And when they leave, Jamie wants a smoke. He sees a pack on the desk, takes it out. When he opens it up, it's empty. The guy said, "Well, take the one on the cigarette. Take the one on the bell." So he takes it, and the alarm goes off. Gotcha. So they have to jump into a boat. Spike Milligan is covered in gold bullion. He breaks through the boat. Okay. The end. Problem yeah. is, both Spike Milligan and Peter Sellers are uh, spokesmen for the anti-smoking league, and they can't touch the box of cigarettes they tell the director during the shoot. Okay. Why did they take the gig? Peter Sellers got a brand-new Mercedes-Benz, with cash money, tax not tax money, but cash money in the car. That's the reason why they did. He got fifty thousand dollars in uh, pounds in, in cash, cash in a brand new Mercedes Benz. Spike Milligan got five uh, five thousand pounds, and the other guy got five hundred. That's very heavy. Five thousand pounds. Had, I know. I can carry. Have it. a wheelbarrow. Yeah. Yeah, 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 you do. Yeah. Matter of fact, yeah. Okay, so now they're at Algiers. This is so. This is where the king is but waiting. We're really for... in Cyprus still. Yeah, this is beautiful. I mean, he walks around Cyprus saying nothing has changed. Six thousand years is still the same. What is only forty years compared to the beauty? So yeah, so it's gorgeous. It looks. It still looks like this. And they're saying shit. The king wants us to give treasure. So oh yeah, they they. Go ahead, sure. There's gonna be dancing girls. Doodly, 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 do. And but he's not gonna... true, or it is true. He's just revving up the ship. There's not gonna be any. There's only two women in this movie: the woman who served the food, and then in a sight gag later. But then it's all guys. Well, wasn't show. a woman singing? Okay, two women. Three. Three. Okay. So there was the Irish woman, and then a gag later on. That's it. So they're coming ashore. They have to give the king treasure. This is the uh, sword of the prophet ship, and he, okay. the guy's waiting for Raz Muhammad, the captain, to come. So he says, "Look, I'll tally up whatever you got. We'll give it to the king." Here, I'll play. You can hear his pop. And, and like, is he gonna get a pathetic collection? Eggs, locks. Oh, that's very, it's going to be very pleased with this stuff, lad, I can tell you. And I'll tell you what, you need gold teeth and rings. Oh, look at that. Here's a... Oh, look at that. I find the kettle. Right, so here we are, a little disaster. What? My watermelon dock stand. Now, the king is examining the other ship's bounty. Yeah, what have you. Fair enough. Again, everyone in this scene is going to fucking 
quit, riot, and steal their shit and walk off. <laughs> but right now we're seeing a scene. So he, he's showing all the treasures. The and documentary get... is. I think I need to see it. I mean, I. I you do a better job researching because you go through multiple sources. I just felt like this is so analog. Mm-hmm. What was the film saying that? Maybe I'll spoil the party, but I absolutely recommend the documentary. Here's their treasure. There's a treasure. You must take your heart. Your mother never was. What ship are you? Here we go. Oh, the ship. Oh, yeah, I got it written down right here. I got it. Hang on. Hang on. Hang on. It's on a piece of paper. The sword of the prophet. So he's here. He's gonna, the king's going to explain it. You're late. He is late. Years late. And where is Rock Muhammad, the captain? Oh, right there. He was killed. But he was supposed to, Ross, the captain was supposed to go to the Portugal Islands, right? And, uh-huh. and take, she's like, How did he go? He's like, oh, I was supposed to get like slaves and riches. Okay. <laughs> oh, yeah, there's the joke. How did he go? He went, eh, like that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, there's fucking jokes in this movie. <laughs> How did he go? <laughs> like that. Here and there, and all the maps went overboard. It's the first time I was ever with a thief. So he is Irish too? No, he's not. Okay, okay. He's but he's not like the thing f- pirate. Yeah, but we when we see pirate, we think of like Johnny Depp. We think of Ark, Ark. Right. But he's like a muttering like he's Popeye on the set of uh, the movie. Yeah, he does have that little Irish thing. Okay, well, you know what? He says to the king, I abducted this boy who's going to find treasure. And the king's like, oh, I like this little boy. I'll take him. And they're like, no, don't take my boy. My boy is going to find the ghost. Don't you understand? I need him. Okay. So I'm like, no. My woman. <laughs> my kid. I kid a husband. A brother. And a father. Yeah, so he goes on like that for a while. Yeah. So we have a storyline now. There they is have to... something Irish because he's like a father. You know, yeah, like I, it's I don't get it. in his pirate accent, but. It's definitely like a C. Like I, uh, do you, have you ever listened to the Goon Show, the no. radio show? No. Do you know no. of it? Yes, I know of it, and always from researching, and it's always about where Peter Sellers started. And right, of course, it was him and Mulligan at the same time, and uh, it's funny. Like it's incomprehensible. I used to listen to the records at the library, you know, right. the listening table, but it was. Uh, Incomprehensible, What's, like it's so 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 silly. The accent, the humor. Okay, so this is Tony, right? He's having a he's talking to King and he says, Don't worry about it, King. I got it covered. Once Scratch finds the treasure, I'm going to kill him. And the king says, Well, I hope you kill him slowly. And he's like, Oh, I hope so too. Don't shut him from him. This man is such a coward. But if I tortured him, he would die by heart attack. Now, what do you suggest? Provision. You see, he believes I am his friend. Yeah, please. <laughs> Let him lead me right to the pressure. And then put him to death. Uh-huh. Right? 
this is like such a long movie. He's been doing this for twenty years now. Uh huh. He's waiting for the captain to to show him the treasure, and then they're gonna get him. Yeah. See that premise, but it's just a silly, silly thing. So it's okay, but it isn't it's, reasonable yeah. that they would still be in this pursuit. Right. How much is the treasure? Twenty grand. I mean, I know. And aren't they pirates? Can't they find another? Start another. Yeah. Movie no though? pirates go around robbing and stealing. Well, I everything's definitely. swell and dandy, but the kid's abducted, so they got to have to rescue him before they leave. No, and they want this kid just because of the... Tra- okay, everybody knows the plan. Yes. Okay, here's the other... This is it. This is the one funny scene. Bombay. Under Buxy, you get all of your idiotic, right? You put him under there, right? Now then, you put your money here, right? Okay, I'm going to play the audio when him and Sellers meets. This is the only funny scene in the movie. This is it. You know, we're talking about, you know, the gems. There's. If this whole movie was this scene that we're going to see, I will tell you this would be the best movie in the world because it's so out there. So he knows it's Billy Bombay, his own shipmate. And. The way Mulligan plays the, the three card Monty is so funny because he's really doing it. So he's gonna... So watch his hands. Right. It's there. He wins, but he doesn't collect any money. He just takes his money back. He just gets his money. Just... The director told him, keep hitting that, that, that tree branch. We can talk here over there. He'll be back. He's lost the boy, so he wants him to do it. Right. Because he can see ghosts as well. the funniest scene treasure right so so milligan writes these rewrites and suddenly it's like hot rod with cool beans the, the <laughs> treasure, treasure. and the humor is funny it's like a lot of words but the punchline is and <laughs> the director said i asked spike to hit the uh thing so he hits it and then he's like self-conscious about it and he's looking at different camera angles and he breaks the fourth wall right it took right. Him forever. he goes Come over here. He goes, well, we'll talk over here, over there. And Sellers walks off. 
and he turns to the camera. He'll be goes, back. He'll be back. It's so fucking funny. Like, yeah. It, you know, and it was obviously like they'll say on IMDb this film was directed by Medic and well, scenes were Mulligan. But Medic said, I was the one directing these scenes. I'm asking okay. him to do this. But this is the rewritten material. So it has a completely different tone. And he does bring that up. One other thing about this uh, documentary is that he talks to other bitter directors that work with Peter Sellers. <laughs> and they have horror stories of their own. So they talk to the director of the Fiendish, the Fiendish plot of Dr. Fu Manchu. Right. That's, they talk um, to, um, to the director of Casino Royale um, from the 60s. He, he was so pissed at the director of Casino Royale. Peter didn't talk to me for three days. They're breaking the kid free right now. Peter Sellers was really a, just a little jerk. I'll know? tell you, yeah, Spoiled. That's, Spoiled. that documentary is available on Tubi. When you're on Tubi, there's other documentaries about Peter Sellers, including one he produced himself in the 1960s. Okay. So it, it's him to be like, oh, you know, I think that uh, I, I don't like meteorocracy. You know, like he'll, he'll be very yeah. full of himself, uh -huh. but it's all shot under his control. And then I don't know if you ever saw the HBO movie The Life and Death of Peter yeah, Sellers. I liked it. I liked it too. I actually got the DVD from Walgreens for two dollars back in twenty six. Whoa, two thousand six. I bought the DVD and I watched it during the pandemic in twenty twenty, and I really liked it. Mm -hmm. And then I got I threw it away after that. I'm like, get it out of my house. Whoa. But yeah, he's he's awful to his kids. He's awful to his many wives. He's awful yeah. to everybody. I really like the way he had an experience with a player in his life. He would become them. Yeah. Right? I mean, like, and he's totally on. And, Look, and just end the check, chapter. Check out the stunt. So they're escaping. Okay. And the boy is going to climb. They're hanging off. He's going to hang it, and he's going to fall. So they must be some stunt actor who's the size of a kid who makes this jump. All right. So, wee! Cut to somebody falling off. Such a long jump, and they like, are you okay? Yeah, never. I feel fine. Never better, <laughs> dude. I would be like pancake batter. Yeah, absolutely. Well, they tried. He tried. You know, the boy gets captured. He's like, oh no, my ticket out of here. I'll ask my friend to do it. No dice. So they get. The, they free the kid. How nice is that? How humane. Their colorful boat, colorful boat is pulling out. Yeah, I mean these are beautiful shots, some of it, but you know they were just saying he didn't know what he was doing. Whoa! I got me a Cypriot crew. The horror. Uh. Apricot Cypriot. Yeah, one of the things they were saying is that like. Pierce Sellers got more and more withdrawn and okay. was just very alone during the shoot. Like, and uh, they, they, another problem was the director himself. The director himself has a really interesting story. He was born right. in 37 in, in uh, Budapest. And then w he was seven years old when the Germans invaded in 44. Uh -huh. And he had him and his family pretended to be Christian. And they were able to escape. Right. However, so after the war, his older brother, by two years, died. He was, oh. The brother was 16, he was 14. 
Then cool. his father okay. died. Oh, wait, how did the brother die or you don't know? I don't really know. Okay. You know, I, it wasn't the like... Father the father had a heart attack. He died holding his, with his arms around this the director as a kid. He what? was holding his son and he died of a heart attack. That is hilarious. So he, you know, his big movie up to this point was The Ruling Class with uh, Peter O'Toole. In the documentary, he said, my wife committed suicide during the shoot. Right. So this guy is like full of self-guilt, self-hatred and self-guilt. So okay. when all this shit's going down, yeah. he, he blamed himself. And I oh, think one cool. of the reasons why he did this documentary decades later was to just clear the air for himself. Mm-hmm. You know, to see it from another perspective. All right, now here, here's some wacky. He? Yeah, he 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 wants to mutiny, so they're gonna make him walk the plank. Okay, so he wanted to mutiny, so they're. There's some mulligan humor in this. Face, and we are you have the kid doesn't like it. He's gonna say. Oh, you'll see. Not the pokey, pokey, pokey. Here we go. Think of his mother. Think of your mother. <laughs> That's the joke. Yeah. All right, before he dies, he's going to sing a song. Pokey Pokey. He says, well, uh, it's good my mother. I want to sing a song for my mother. And the joke, Carl, it's going to take a couple minutes. Okay. Someone's going to throw food at him and he's going to go off the plank and say, why'd you do that? He goes, I can't stand the song. Somebody's going to throw food at him. He's going to throw something at him. It's going to knock him off the plank. Oh, he's okay, going to okay. splash into the water. And they'll say, why'd you do that? He goes, I can't stand the song. One thing, like he was saying he was in the helicopter shooting above and suddenly like planes went by. Right. Like, the Israeli war was going to start in the next couple of days. So oh, they had like it's uh, the Mediterranean, yeah. Yeah. This guy with the glasses, he's he's in the documentary saying that uh they treated him like shit. The boy's going to save him? Yeah. And help, I can't swim. Cuz the guy well, goes, "Help, stupid. I can't swim." So he jumps in. I know this is all like I don't want to walk the plank and then they immediately jump in. Uh and he's like, I can't swim either. Yeah, it's stupid. Wait, so Peter Sellers can't swim either? None of them can. So and here comes I, our... Yeah. Okay. So he saves them. Meanwhile, okay, so, they're they were treading water. like. I think so. So this is where the fallout occurs during the shooting here. And there's a point where you're going to see Peter Sellers and Tony together. And it's, it looks great. Because right now they're together. Everything's swell. But yeah. at a certain point, they're going to not be in the same scene together. You'll see how they do it. Oh, okay. So let's see. Uh, 
I watched this movie twice, Carl. I really tried to get the plot going, and I just hate it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I have to think of something else. I don't know what the drone is. I tried listening to this a couple times. Yeah, the kid's pissed. Like, he has a little more agency. But we are, I think they're uh, sending him to like a. Is that know. a little island? Yeah. God, even the sound, there's like no. It's not scored this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, why wouldn't we have a little music going, uh, you know, like appropriate for. Yeah. Little Kesha in the background. Oh, yeah. So, what are you doing? The captain told us to do it. Okay. Hey, what are you doing? Don't touch that. This is it. This is the fallout. They're not going to be in the same scene together. Same shot. Okay, so right now we're yeah, it's supposed to fall out. He's he's standing in the little trap drawer thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If that's what you want, so they're gonna fight. How stupid is this? Right? He won't he won't appear in the same scene with them, so they, they set it up that they're fighting through that door, that trap. I guess it's funny. It's not funny, girl. Listen, man, we've known each other for decades. This is not yeah. funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just silly, you know, it's a... Uh... Silly in an unfunny way. Yeah. Now he's taunting the... Yeah, so Sellers mocked him, oh, you poor American cowboy. During the dueling scene, Peter teased Tony. Tony pulled his pirate sword out while Tony was on the poop deck, went to attack him, didn't, brought it down. Sellers didn't see it, but Bert did, told Sellers. Sellers gets so pissed off, he removes his wig, throws it in the ocean. I will never be in the same frame with Tony Francisco Francisco again. Okay, weren't they just this moment, though? Yeah, but, I mean, it's the magic of editing. I mean, uh-huh. you know, so there's the scenes that they're together is before the fallout, basically, or they yeah. had to do the shoot. You know, he, he had probably had to do it. So, you know, when Spike arrived, he wasn't fans of the director. He was side, he was team Peter, but he got to respect him. And, you know, he, especially after the cigarettes, brouhaha. But what happens is that Peter Sellers and Spike Milligan has a fallout. Look how funny. Really? Look Another smiley. fucking fallout, Peter yeah. Sellers? Jesus yeah. Christ. I fucking love this guy. Why is he getting hung? I keep thinking it's like mutiny or some bullshit like that. You know, because he and knows he figured out. Bought? Yeah, he okay. figured out that this guy was going to just kill the captain once the once the treasure's there. Okay. Oh yeah, he says you're not going to. Uh, I'm not. You'll pay for this. They're about to hang him, so the hangman says you'll pay for this, and Seller says, "Nah, I'm doing this for free." That's the joke. Oh my God! You know that fat. 
I think they're on the treasure island. Are we done with this film? We still have more. So we still have B Billy Bombay. Oh my Bombay. God! We have over thirty minutes left. Uh huh. Oh, Carl, now you know. Don't worry, man. I think there's like one funny bit coming up. Okay, good, good. I'm looking forward. Oh, to there is. There is a funny bit. It's very Monty Python, Gum, Professor Gummy, and you'll see. Well, you know, he's made me laugh during this film. I'm waiting for the next laugh. Right. Like, what's the gag now? Who is it? Stand still. Like, what does he keep going? Like, he's here something. You know, it, they shot this film for... So, this all looks the same. Fucking Cyrus looks the same. These old bullshit, you know, therapists. Well, I wonder if that was, like, Roman or Greek. I mean, Cyprus is right next to Greece and and Rome yeah empire days you know sure the island of cyprus the island of cyprus this riots galore the island of cyprus so I this is something cypriot all right the kid's gonna figure it out he goes under this tree you remember that f the king was eating that awful eggplant looking fruit is he going to cover gravity okay so here yeah the king okay so it's like, I think it's juniper. It's some kind of juice, uh, fruit that they use for invisible ink. Okay. And the map is not clear. The boy's going to have this epiphany after this whole shenanigans with his old shipmate. So uh, the pirate map has got some invisible ink and he's going to get the juice that he needs to decode. Not even that. He's going to say he must have got the juice from this tree. I Just bet you idea. the treasure is buried under this tree. Oh, what? Right. Hey, it's my old captain buddy. Who is it? Yeah, this this kind of fruit. I don't know, like whatever it's called. He says, like, if the map was used that ink, the the ca captain Roz must have just fucking put it under the tree. Okay. So but they're not going to discover that till now. We're going to discover another treasure. Remember, uh, Billy Bombay said, "I have my own treasure." It's silver. Yes, that's right. Yep. They're going to search for treasure, and they're going to accidentally find Billy's uh, treasure, which is just cannonballs. Cannonballs? Are they? And that's in the of, book. Are they made of silver, or they're just silver-colored? Or They are painted black, but they're all made of silver. And, of course, the ship uh, attacks Billy with using the uh, cannonballs. Okay, so they, blow, they fire they just, away their treasure. That's exactly right. And there's a whole scene where he says, you idiot, it's made of silver. How many of the balls do you use? And they go, all of them? Yeah. <laughs> now I have to go collect them from the sea bottom. Basically. Uh, ghost hunt. So there's the captain can finally use this boy to talk to the ghost. This is mazes and monsters uh, cave. Yeah. Oh, oh. The ghost of Rasmus Hubbard, that's who you needed. No, no, no. Uh, Listen, it's great. I don't know if it's great, but it's... It's not great acting. It's 67 days to shoot, and it went from super hot into, like, windy to sub-zero weather. Like, it's, it's, the weather was a big factor in making this movie suck. Making and it suck, yeah. He confronted the producer, and the producer says, you know, we lost money on this film. Once the money was there, we couldn't back out. Okay. And yeah, you were used as a punching bag. You know, you... Who was used as a punching bag? The director. They blamed everything on the director. One of the things okay. Tommy Clyde, the fire, one of the fired producers did, 
was he gets fired and he shoots off a letter to the people in the mainland saying this director doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. And the director <laughs> saw this letter uh, in the archives. Every movie has these boxes, they say, of archives, and they're right. going through it. And he's like, oh, we shouldn't have showed that to you, Peter. He's like, no, this is bullshit. This is all lies. But it set the course. The producer lied to the people away, saying the director doesn't know shit. They write this nasty letter saying the director needs to learn how to make a film. And he's saying, like, but they couldn't, he couldn't quit. He had a second kid coming. And uh, the director gets blamed if he quits. So he yeah. actually stayed and made this movie. 67 days. He said they had a, a party. They shot some of the scenes like the Irish scene at a, a studio in London. Okay. In, in England. And they had a cast party there. And he said, well, as director, I wanted to show up. It was a hellish shoot. Nobody was there. There was Nobody two came drunk, to the party? There was two drunk crew members from a different movie being shot there that were there. <laughs> So, Nobody went to the after party. Well, he delivers this movie. He goes back and he edits it. He gives it to Columbia Pictures, and they said, "This movie's incomplete. You know, we're not we're not going to do it." So uh, they shelved it. He didn't work for another five years. He says that you know the next thing he did was this Graham Chapman movie, and they were shooting in England next to the studio, the next to the set that was doing Revenge of the Pink Panther. Oh, and Peter Sellers came up to him and he said, "Oh no, no, I'm so that doesn't sound like true. We'll we'll buy the film and we'll have Spike narrate it." And he said, "Like it was a nice." They went out and they got drunk, uh-huh. and then years later, he read that Peter Sellers died of a heart attack at age fifty-four. So Peter Sellers never followed through with anything he promised. No, he didn't. But they he, they left on better terms. Like they were able to like drink uh-huh. it out. Okay. I but he also died of that fake heart attack for real at fifty four. Yeah, yeah. He faked a heart attack, and then he really did die of a heart attack. He had a heart attack, faked it, and then he died for real of a heart attack. Is he seeing a ghost right now? Yes, finally, right? We finally see a ghost, huh? What was the last time you used the phrase noonday? Like noonday sun? Never. What about the preposition in? In the new, in the ghost, in the noonday sun? Now, this rolls off my tongue. Noonday sun right now. So, wait, we just saw a real metaphysical thing? No, it's it's the captain, it's the his crewmate playing a prank on him. Oh, great. <laughs> Which is where the wrong guy's treasure is. Right. Don't you like that little sight gag? He's yelling from a tree and they cut to the captain in the boat going, ah, oh, ta-da! <laughs> yeah, that was funny. So now they're going to dig it up and thinking they found treasure, but no, they just found cannons and cannonballs. They just found these cannonballs. So they're going to use the cannonballs. They'll bring it on the ship, but they're going to search again for the treasure. For the real treasure. I mean, is that funny? They they find someone else's treasure? I guess. This is in the book, too. This storyline. A lot of this is the book. I mean, obviously, the the, the jokes added in the uh, name fuckery and shit like that. <laughs> fuckery. I don't think Dick Scratcher oh, was a kid's fuckery. name. Fuckery. In the book, his name was Dick Scratcher. 
No, he was Captain Scratch, I think, or Scratcher. Look how right next to each other they are. It looks like it's under a big W. You can't miss it. He like tapped it, it, on mad, it. Mad, 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 mad. Right, Whoa. right, mad, mad. They're doing this shot. The camera's in the hole as they look down at their, their treasure. Very Orwellian. George Orwellian? Or no, they... uh, um, I meant, um, I made a mistake. Not Orwellian. Uh, Orson Welles is what I was thinking of. Oh, Orson Welles. I stop telling myself that I can get a little high. Well, honestly, we're, we're this record at this time. You, you couldn't wait. You got work tomorrow. You timed it right. <laughs> oh, let's try it. Look at this all goofy shit. You know yeah, exactly what they're doing. Let's hear it. <laughs> right in his eyes. Right in his eyes, Carl. He blew that powder right in that guy's open eyes. And you think, oh, the cruelty, the cruelty. That guy was was with the joke. He opened oh, his I eyes. Look, he's, he's so depressed he's going to drink in bed. Okay, now here comes Spike Milligan's crew. Looking for the treasure, their treasure. Yep, and they all look like Spike Milligan. Interesting, funny. Now, what? One of the British officers, the, the upright one, he said that Spike Milligan asked us to dress as Spike Milligan, and I refused. The director himself was saying that he would say, hey, Spike, and someone else, Spike Milligan trained him to, to uh, act like him. So that <laughs> other people would answer, and he wouldn't know which Spike Milligan is on the <laughs> Like they all have to rip. This is like Professor Gummy, I guess. They all look the same. Yeah, they all, ooh, ooh. Oh, we hate Scratcher. It's funny, goes, right? This is funny. He goes, oh, Scratcher took it. I scratch. And they all start scratching. Oh, yeah, it's a little key stone copy. No. Oh. And then they go and ship. This is all added. I mean, this is different tone. You know, he was not complaining, but he brought up like you can't carry an entire movie like with this type of humor. You know, it needs some kind of. But I would love it. I would love every single scene to be like this. Yeah. The, the thing is, you're not. You suspend disbelief. It's just being stupid. But it wasn't the whole. It's a different tone. Well, okay. Well, I mean, like him going cha 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 cha, yeah. you know, that's not. Well, that was Spike again, though. Yeah. That scene. Okay, well, they're going to stop these mulligans by shooting the tr the cannonballs at them. Okay, I gotcha. And again, like this is practical effects, so hopefully they just have a bunch of hats in the water as they shoot cannonballs at them. But it looks like they hit him. Like he's going to be on land, and they're going to knock a couple right by him. Oh, they're all making silly noises. 
I mean, it's funny, especially if you're well, a Spike Mulligan fan. Like, now, pick... does Spike Mulligan realize those are my cannonballs? That's right, because he's going to go on shore, and they're going to land, and he's going to look at the balls and realize it's his silver cannonballs. Okay, so now they need to do a scavenger hunt. On the they don't ocean. even bother. The okay. joke is they waste. Yeah, how many did you shoot? All of them. Yeah, that's it. And sure enough, they shoot all of them. And they both commiserate, you know. Okay, here we go. Look how close it goes. Right? That's close. Holy shit, yeah. But I mean, are they really cannonballs? It's a movie. It landed with an explosion. It has to be something. Yeah. The Irish now the movie this is a very clear scene he's singing about the boy <laughs> Wait, all his crew is dead i guess so what a cool that makes things a lot easier You know, they shut down production when they helicoptered them out. Uh, oh, I did. Right. Going it's still going on and on. Ow. Oh. Ow. Look at that. And then he throws the cannonball. Ow! Yeah. You like the little hands? A bunch of hands. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. If that was in every scene, I would be like, "What the fuck is this movie?" But now I just kind of half-heartedly be like, "Yeah." Look how he throws the silver. Yeah. You'd think he would be collecting his silver. He was too angry. I think he just wants to kill the guy. <laughs> Is it like clearly not Ireland? Probably it looks like Ireland. Well, right now it's not. It, right now they're not in Ireland. It was only just for when they protected oh, the boy. Okay. They went to Algiers and now they're at their mystery uh, treasure they're island. At some Mediterranean island. Yeah. Got you, got you, I'll fire. In another moment, I just found him in pieces. Ah. What's the matter with you? What's cutting here? It was never like this before. You stole my treasure. You stole my balls. Huh? We ain't got no balls, and we ain't got no treasure. Huh? Uh, so he explains it to him now. Right. So keep oh. it up. He's going to go, how many did you shoot? Right. What? I think it's a king's ransom. King balls. I hear. I'm in the 
You get the idea. So yeah. they finally get our friend Billy Bombay from Bombay to ghost hunt. If they could really treasure hunt, it would be an effort, but they need to start crawling the shore. Mm -hmm. the, the, the silver's right there. They shot the cannons all in one spot. Right. Right, they would just have to, to go in the ground. I don't think they even want to. They're just like, fuck yeah, it, there's another treasure. Yeah. Listen, you can see ghosts, right? Yeah, I can see it with my eyes closed. Well, great. Oh, well, let's go find the other the, treasure. I'm going to see me some ghosts. Yeah, so. Oh, even think of. He said, what did you stop for? It was death. Yeah. All right. So, again, Tony and the other guy there, they don't. They got other plans, and they're going to get this kid involved. Okay. So then... eventually, we got to move from this scene, Carl, to the scene where the boy discovers a treasure underneath the trees. Yep. Because they he were said, made with the uh, that fruit, the Brazier fruit. Yeah, the Brazil, the, the eggplant uh, fruit. The bonk, the big well, nut. He's the one. What's he the ghost of Rasmus Hovland? He's right here, boy. I'm right there. Right now, I'll give two souls. I mean, like. It's a classic young adult novel, uh, and if you're looking for pirate books, it's always recommended. And... Oh, always recommended. Yeah. You know, when they said, like, the unseen Peter Sellers classic, uh -huh. that's the wrong use of the word classic. Classic is something that was released once, and it was so good that it has endured. It has had legs. It was a piece of gold. That's a classic. Hey, check it out. It's a piece of shit movie from Robin Williams that's off the shelf. No, it's a Lost Robin Williams classic. Yeah, but Lost Robin Williams film, not a classic. Family a classic. classic. Can't it's, be lost. It's the Lost Family classic. Your whole family yeah, loved it. Look, 101 Your, Dalmatians was a family classic because we all saw it. Because our family saw it and we love it. <laughs> <laughs> Yo... Let me see. I had some information about the actors. I mean, I talked about Tony and the two guards. I think I had one other person. I didn't look up anything from the kid. Uh-huh. No problem. You know. Yeah, children don't count. Oh, no. The other the other actor was just the guy on from the documentary saying he wasn't able to eat at the commissary. They wouldn't let him eat at the buffet. Even well, though he was, well. he was a fucking dude. If you were one of the pirates and you were on yeah. the ship, yeah. they... Yeah. One of the one of the crew, like they set up a uh, a dolly shot. They built a uh, tracks four in the morning for a six o'clock shoot. And Peter Sellers at that point said, "I want to meet the crew." And he said, "We got to rebel against the director." Sellers did. Yeah. Sellers and... inspired them. No, the director said that he was just acting like one of the characters from his movie. It's all right, Jack. Like you pretending oh. to be like a worker or something like that. 
What a jerk. Yeah, in the book too, the captain like beats the shit out of the boy. I was I was following up on As long a week. lesson or something. I get what oh. you when you duck someone. Here we go. They found the ghost. Here it is, Carl the ghost. Right there in the midnight sun. Wait, no, midday. No, it's the noonday. Yeah, so this is not the midnight. It's a good good ghost. Hey, my pirate friend. Also, this these these uh title cards. Yes. It must be because they didn't have anything. He must have just added them. You know. In editing, in post. Here we go. I mean, julep. Wait a minute. When Rat Muhammad to his treasure map, it faded away. Must have been dipping his quill in Jennifer juice. Jennifer juice. And Scratcher said he was bitten Jennifer seeds just before he choked to death. Well, it's the Jennifer tree. I don't remember that in the beginning of the movie. Okay. Do you remember him spitting seeds out? No. Yeah. Now, if it's under the tree, how can you? I mean, it looks like the ground's undisturbed. Like no, there's there's more than meets the eye. Okay. Now, if the scratch digs it up, he will keep it for himself. But if we do, we will share it with the crew after we have delivered it to the base. You said that must be Berengia. Right. Look, so they've been sitting under this tree for fuck all, and now they're suddenly like, look, it's fake. Look, I found a, a fucking shovel. They find a shovel in the dirt. And also, this island's not that big. I mean... Okay, if they, they found a shovel in the dirt, is that unrealistic? It's probably realistic, because it had been used to bury. He must have buried it. I don't understand. He killed the guy and he fell into the treasure. Like, so when they discover the treasure, are they going to find the, this skeleton? Is that what we were seeing? It was when he said, when will yeah. supper be ready? He right. fell onto the treasure. Oh, there's another funny joke in this movie where they go, uh, what's for dinner? The pirates are, uh, and they, the, the other cook, the new cook says, beans, uh, bean salad. He goes, uh, I don't know what it's been. Uh, bean stew. He goes, I don't know what it's been, but it ain't stew. <laughs> it's bean stew. Bean it's bean stew. stew. Oh, well, what I is it now? What it bean, but now it's stew. <laughs> I'm not. Right, like this family. Is this a family film? Like I bring the kid to watch this film? Yeah, I guess so. Nothing really. 70s, yeah. Yeah. That is a very good question. They were just sleeping. What comes after 12? 13. 13. Oh, oh. No, 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 no. Don't say that to a pirate, Carl. Don't say that 13 that to a number pirate. is... Bad luck. Look, they just find pickaxes. 
Okay, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Is it is it a believable premise? Because it was I think so, but I also feel like wouldn't they remember that? Like he killed the guy over the buried treasure, and he forgets where it is. I get that, but yeah, like why? Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, why did he forget? I mean, he did murder him right on the treasure. He didn't see that, or he's maybe just... there's multiple treasures. No. If any of these ones any of these here up, you have my personal permission to take them. Right, they're just riffing outside. Yeah. It yeah, the movie ran out of steam at this point. But we're still gonna watch it, Carl. Same yeah, we sure are. Uh, eight more minutes of this. Seven, seven and a half. A lot of times, <laughs> you really want to watch a bad movie, but it's so hard, and it's so nice to have friends or somebody with you. The documentary was better. Yeah, is that what you're you're pitching our audience? Yeah, so we, we're doing it. We're but making it. I don't it. know, but this one is so bad. Maybe it's... Okay, what is he finding? Uh, I don't know. Oh, there's Roz. Uh-huh. Oh, I think he does a, a Hamlet joke. I knew him well. Uh, poor Roz I knew him well. Uh, I knew him well. I knew him, Horatio. Yeah, you know what? I keep forgetting of that scene. That's like way at the end of Hamlet. Right? Like you got a castle, things are happening, and then he goes to a fucking gravestone, a graveyard. Well, I think Shakespeare was trying to get us for ready for the suicide uh, contemplation. A whiff of death, as it were. Uh, but what do I know? I don't think you know where the trigger is! You like that joke? What was it? I don't he think... had a hook, and he, he waved his hook in his face, and then he removes the hook, and he has a wagging finger there that he starts wagging at him. <laughs> okay. Well, he doesn't know where the treasure is. He's going to discover the treasure because he's going to discover the other three crew members uh, with their treasure. And they're going to equitably distribute it. They're going to share it. You know, Carl, I don't know how this movie ends. Why? Because I don't, I'm trying to figure out in my head like where it ends, and I just can't. can't. I mean, where's this leading? No wait. Sure. Is it? Did you only watch it? You'd watch the no. documentary and this only one time. No, I watched the documentary twice, and I watched this movie close to two times. <laughs> I tried, man. The second okay, time no, was. Rough. I understand it really sucks, but uh, the thing is, I mean, I don't want to tell you how to do my job. You, did. But I used, you, you, have I, to you don't have to force you yourself. It's you don't have to tell your job. I did everything for you. Okay. Yeah, I know. I, I, I'm. It's just the. It throws audience. my time. It throws my timing off when you tell me what to do. Okay, I will stop. But I appreciate it though, because you are the king. All right, they found the treasure. Fighting over it already. Okay, so now they're all. They're hitting each other in the head. This is his right? 
It's funny. throws it up yeah i mean yeah the sound effect hopefully there you know yeah i mean it's funny these these pirates are going to bring the boy home Okay, that's the best thing. Wow, that's it. Oh, wait. Oh, this is the ending. I remember this. Listen, Carl, they barely talk to each other until 45 minutes into the film, and now they can't, can't separate them. So what happened to the... They had a falling out, too, I guess. Yeah, in real life, they had a falling so out. Bad that they wouldn't shoot together. No, it wasn't as bad as that. They just were... You know, they've been friends for decades and, and companions, so they have their ups and downs. There was a down. Yeah, so this is how the film ends. The pirates tie these guys up, bury them, and uh, take the treasure off and become pirates. And then here comes the ending. Yay. Yay. Shot in blurry cypress. Yes. And then uh, over in Weston. Carl, what do you think of this movie? Um, I don't know what to think of it. Sometimes it made me laugh. I don't know what to think of it. it bag of alligators. Clive, oh, so Clive Rebell was the uh, the king of uh, Algiers. Oh, okay, okay. I don't know what to think. I don't know. I would have to really see it without our show, I guess, because sometimes it was making me laugh, but I think you were highlighting the funny parts, and I saw some draggy-ass parts, you know? So, um... What did you think of this movie, Michael? Hi, Carl. Hi. I had a little internet hiccup. What did you think of this movie? I mean, I love Spike Milligan, and he's he's. What I especially understand what he's doing, I could see like some funny stuff. So and you're I was completest. Yeah, but this is a real like. I think the documentary really, really is good. Uh, he's made other movies, you know, uh, Species Two. He's done a lot of TV, you know, he's he Remington Steel to like uh -huh. most recent stuff. He's been around, right? And we know of him, but this film, like the documentary was great. It was one of the few times I've seen a movie about a bad film from the director who made it. And yeah, I recommend that, that on TV. This, this was just kind of garbage. I don't know. It was nothing happening and there was only a few good scenes and they were completely out of place of what else was there. Uh, but I like I like the funny stuff in there. But it was just would you have hard. liked to seen Spike from the beginning, like throughout? Would you have liked to see him be part of the project? It might have been yeah. funnier. 
if if they had a real script, if they had like people who knew how to produce this film and they weren't trying to shoot like that, yeah. they would have been able if Spike Milligan was involved and it was as crazy as that market scene, every single scene, I would be raving about this film. It would probably wouldn't be it would probably be even harder to watch, but it would just be like so much fun that there's a film like that. Have you learned how to say Cypriot yet from this episode? Cypriot? Very close. Very close. Man, well, we would like to hear what you say. So please write down what your opinion. Put it in on a piece of paper. Below. Yeah, uh, the console. And then put that piece of paper in a glass bottle, put a cork in the bottle, and throw it out your window. And we'll, yeah. yeah. Let's see if it makes not... its way to us. That way you gave us their opinion, and we don't have to read it. Uh, anyway, so that's been our movie. Uh, sorry, we tortured the audience with a, the ghost in the noonday sun. This God. might be the episode to skip. <laughs> no, what do you think? You're going to say that after? No, I I I researched this movie. I don't uh-huh. think there's any skip, skipping needed. Okay, Carl, are you excited about next week's movie? I'm not sure. Does it is it Wells? No. Well, yeah, right. That's our next one. Well, okay. Wasn't there another? No, well, we... there is another one. It, it's the um, the human, uh, yeah, the nineteen twenty seven film. Oh right, so right, we're going back to the uh, films from nineteen twenty seven. As you know, they now are in the public domain. Right, we're watching them. We have uh, Sunrise. Sunrise, the story of two yeah. humans. The Which story. I've seen, Carl. It's an amazing film. Uh, by amazing, okay. I mean you can barely see it. Like, it's so bright, everything. But it's cool. And not to be confused with the science fiction movie Sunrise, where they have to stop the... They fail to the uh, sun. I never saw it. It was a Danny Boyle movie. They go at night. Right. For, you know, because it's dangerous. Yeah. That's the only time you can go to the sun. Right. When yeah. it, well, sometimes if there's like an eclipse, you get lucky and there's an eclipse. Then you go, let's go. Get in the ship. We're going. Quick, quick. We only have five minutes. No time to piss. We got to go. <laughs> you can piss on the ship. Do it out the window. We don't have a trailer for this film, but it's one of the films that are now in the public domain. What it is, is it a called? Sunrise. But there's a tagline. Yeah, some really awful tagline. Oh, wait, here it is. Sunrise, a song of two humans. That's it. 1927. Sunrise, a song of two humans. That'll be next time. Come back next week. Check us out. Great. We'll be we'll be here on the YouTube. We'll be here on the podcast, and we're always here on MutinyRadio.fm and on Facebook, Twitter, and and Discord. Discord. Also, you can write a piece of uh, write a note. Put it in a (laughs) bottle. They're on Discord. We're on Datcord. All the cords. All the cords. These cords right here. These nuts. Listen, should we end this podcast? With these nuts? See you next time. These nuts right here. All right. Let's watch a full length movie on YouTube with Mike Beagleman. Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube.
follow me on Twitter. It's jokes to Carl. Uh, that's the French duh, not the uh, uh, duh, duh. Now let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Michael. Welcome to L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman and Carl. Hi, Carl. How are you, man? Hey, Mike. Good to see you. Thank you for... I'm happy to be back here and ready to watch a great film together with you on YouTube. Well, that is the premise of our acronym. We are a podcast. We are a live streaming. Streaming. That is, if you're alive, you can stream this first on mutinyradio.fm, where we are on right now as we are every Sunday, 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Go ahead, type in mutinyradio.fm, check out the station, and on Sunday at 2 p.m. PST, go ahead and hit play. We're also a podcast, audio, L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T, that's our acronym, and most importantly, we have a YouTube channel. We want to watch a full-length movie with you. We are going to find a movie on YouTube, and we're going to watch it with the sound off. You're going to watch the movie with us. Yeah. And you're going to listen to our podcast at the same time. Unless, of course, you're watching the video, Hello, we have a movie to present to you. That's really exciting, Carl. I'm really excited. Okay. Uh, okay. And don't forget, Mutiny Radio has a lot of great stuff. So when you go to mutinyradio.fm, not only you can figure out a way to channel that station, check out our archive, you can also donate. Hit the donate button or go to Venmo and donate money to at Mutiny Radio. Carl, what is the movie today? Today, we will watch Saturn 3, 1980. Isn't that easy to put in the search engine of YouTube? Saturn, then the number three, okay. and then 1980. And I spell out 1980. Uh, no. <laughs> okay. It All is right. numerically, right, you don't even need Roman numerals. It is 1980. All right. well, hey, gang. 43-year-old movie. 
Saturn 3 from 1980 is on YouTube, and we're going to watch it. So go ahead, type in Saturn 3, the number, and then, of course, 1980. And, Carl, who is hosting our movie? Well, I just caught it here. I looked it up. It is video for you to see. Now, you'll only find one thing, so I'm not going to tell you the cool way they wrote for you to see. But because oh. when you get there, that will be for you to see. I'm not yeah. telling you. Very Prince-like. Okay, so videos for you to see is hosting the movie we're going to be watching, Saturn 3. We want you to click the link. The movie's going to play. There's no ads. I didn't get an ad. No, I didn't get an ad. And then move the timer back to 000. When you hear go, we want you to hit play with us, and we'll start the movie. That sounds complicated. Don't worry. We'll give you a couple minutes to get yourself set up because we have a special feature coming up. The go is going to be said by none other than a celebrity comedian. Carl not only produces the show, wrote this theme song, and syncs up the video, he's went out of his way to talk to a celebrity comedian. Carl, take it away. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to Celebrity Countdown, this time with Nick Kina. Welcome, Nick. Hi, everybody. Now, this segment is usually titled Celebrity Comedian Countdown, but with you, it's just Celebrity Countdown because you, sir, make your living at music. This is almost unheard of. You don't have some day job. You're a music guy. Tell me how you fell into that. Was that your lifelong goal? Tell me how you arrived here. You know, it was never like, I wouldn't say it was a lifelong goal. For a long time, I wanted to be a Ghostbuster. Um, and then, you know, I, you got to grow up. I was like, okay, I'll, you know, I guess I'll be a mechanic or something. I don't know. I had a bunch of, I had a bunch of crappy jobs when I was younger. Um, but music's always been around. My father's a musician and all his brothers are musicians as well. So there was always, there was always music around the house and I couldn't go a day without hearing at least three or four Led Zeppelin tunes in the background. My dad, nice. my dad is a rabid Zeppelin fan and that, that's something that we all kind of inherited uh, for the years, we just all became Zep fans. But I started going to his to his gigs uh, when I was about thirteen years old, thirteen, fourteen years old. He he started letting me come to some of his gigs that were at like nicer places. He played, sure. he, played he played some spots that were pretty rough. That you know, you know, he wouldn't. Yeah, you know, he he was scared to go. They, they were paying right. him to be there though. So, but you know, I would sit at the bar and I would drink root beer and I would. And I would kind of be like a third base coach. And mm -hmm. I, he, he would look at me and I would tell him if like the guitar was too loud, I would, I would go. I'm like, you know, give, give big, awesome. big giant hand gestures to tell him what needs to get fixed. And then he would walk up to the board and, you know, just make those little minor adjustments. And, and that got, that's, that's the first time I kind of, I, the, that first moment I was like, wow, this is, this is a cool job. This is something <laughs> that's fun. And yeah. then I started, I, and then I started playing, the bass because my father's a bass player. It's what we had in the house. So I started playing in bands and, you know, working my way up to becoming a front man. I was always like, you know, in, like, um, you know, I played harmonica. I'd sing some backup vocals, but I wasn't the front man. And then slowly but surely, I just kind of became that front man. And I started running open mic nights when I was uh, 21. And it was just so much fun. It was such a blast just because you, know, you get all different types of people that come in, you know, some people that are absolutely fantastic and they're looking for a gig. 
and then you get your you, you get your weekend warrior type guys. The oh my kids all left the house and I can finally play the guitar again. Nice. You get a lot of those fellows too, and they're great too. But like you meet all these really sweet sweet people that all you know share the same interest and the same love of of the of, of music. You know, it's it's yeah. it's music is is to, in my opinion it's the last real form of magic mm-hmm. because special effects have ruined our eyes. Like we know, CGI. yeah. Like we know that's CGI. It looks so good, but you yep. know that's CGI. But you play a song, and and you can absolutely transport someone to a different time and place, yeah. and a different feeling, and you, and you can really make someone, you know, feel something. Whether you're yeah. trying, whether you're trying to or not, whether you like, whether you meant to, you know, you know, I, I a few a few gigs ago. I did a song by Bob Dylan to make you feel my love. Beautiful song. It's one of his most covered. And this really sweet couple, they were sitting at the table with their two kids and they just, they stood up and started dancing, slow dancing to this song. And then when they finished, the, the, the wife's got a tear coming down her face. And she, really? She said, that's our wedding song. Holy cow. That's and next, great. And, and next week's our anniversary. And I was like, oh, right. So I got, <laughs> you know, and there was just this beautiful magic. Moment. I didn't know they were gonna be there. I didn't know that it's just this this magical moment, and and mm-hmm. and like in that moment, he grabs her hand and they stand up and they start dancing. I'm like, oh, that's really sweet. Yeah, that's really nice. I guess they like this song. And then they told me their whole life story. It was really, you know, <laughs> it was really nifty. So and now you um, you mentioned the bass, right? And I know you're mm-hmm. all about the guitar, but you're also playing this great mandolin. It's, How did it, you fall into that? It's it's actually it's called the bazooki. It's, uh, it's okay. a Greek, it's like a Greek mandolin. The technical term would be octave mandolin. It just has a longer neck, mm-hmm. uh, so it's got a lower a lower resonance, um, and it's just got a really beautiful tone. And a friend of it mine, went, a friend of mine, went to Greece in like two thousand. I want I want to say two thousand five. She went to Greece and she she had bought it for her her then boyfriend. And then when she got back to, uh, from Greece, uh, they broke up. Long story short, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and she 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 gave it to me under the, and the the promise was he's never allowed to touch it again. And she gave it to me. And, and you I, saw I, to it. And I held up my end of the deal. <laughs> but it's just such a I don't know. I, I never actually learned to play. A, a standard six-string guitar. It's not. It's not something I learned to play. I started on on bass, and then a little bit of slide guitar. Then mandolin fell in my lap, and then the bazooki fell in my lap. And the bazooki was great because I've got I've got kind of fat fingers, and getting in between the frets on a mandolin's a little tricky. The, the the frets are very close together, but the bazooki's got a longer neck, and the frets are spread out a bit more. So it just it was like this is built for me, yeah. and it really was. I can't believe all the smoke on my face. <laughs> That's what happens when you smoke. Yeah. My apologies to everyone on the West Coast. We still smoke <laughs> over here. <laughs> but um but now yeah, also I, you you have this looping uh it's uh, something yeah. that a lot of people are doing. Yeah, you do it with the mandolin, but it's not called a mandolin, it's a bazooki. Yeah. You do you do yeah, so this technology fell in your lap and you really take advantage of it. Yeah, well during lockdown it became kind of it became more and more clear that I wasn't going to be having any gigs with my band anytime soon. So the thought of I'm going to have solo gigs, a lot of solo gigs in my future came, came to, you know, came to like absolute fact. So I went out and bought this loop pedal and uh, they make, and then they, they make, this is a pretty neat one. I can hook the microphone up to it and get a little beat going and, you know, build the song in the moment, which is a lot of fun. And, um, 
who's a great musician. Uh, I've been a fan of his work for God, like almost almost twenty five years. I've been following this guy's career. His name's Keller Williams, just like the real estate company, but this guy's way cooler. Uh-huh. Um, but he 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 works with a loop pedal, and he was working with loop pedals back in the day. He was one of the first musicians I I've ever became aware of that was a solo act working with loop pedals. And this one guy on stage would get the entire entire arena or entire auditorium or, or, or theater, wherever he was playing, everybody's dancing. And it's just one guy up there. Yeah. It's a, it's really an amazing show, but you know, I'm nowhere near his caliber, but uh, you know, I just started kind of playing with it and building songs and having fun with it and, and just having fun with it. And that's, that's the main point of what I do is if I'm not having fun up there, nobody yeah. is. Yeah. And, the, and, the, and the same could be said for all, all aspects of entertainers. Even if even if you're giving a a, a a Shakespeare soliloquy and you're and you're pouring your heart out and you're crying in the moment, you better be having fun, or or you know, it's not, not going to be translate exactly exactly. So you know, that's that's just the thing. Like I've had I've had plenty of crappy jobs, but about uh, a little over ten years ago, I uh, I got laid off from from my last real job. Uh-huh. De- delivering car parts, and I got laid. I got laid off because I was, you know, I got fired because I was always late because I had I had gigs every night. So I, when I got fired, I just was like, all right, well, screw it. I'm just gonna start playing more shows because I was. I looked at it like I was making. I was making crappy money at this day job, mm-hmm. and I knew if I if I knew if I just worked five nights a week and played five shows a week at least, that I could make as much if not more than what i was making at the car part at the car part shop and and it, and it turned out i was right yeah and I, you know instead of making like after taxes i'm making like 104 dollars a day yeah working working a nine hour shift i'm making at least 180 dollars 200 dollars for working for three four hours mm-hmm. i mean the math just you know <laughs> the math sells the whole thing you know not to say you know Everyone could do this because I don't know. No, but it takes a special individual, and that is you, my man. Now, the way we met each other was you're doing these music open mics. Now, it's always been my philosophy that, and Vin Vitale, our good friend together, was a part of this. It's always been my philosophy that, like, you go to a comedy open mic, and that's okay and everything, but it is a sea of comedians. And I'm doing real gigs, you know, at Scotty's every weekend. I'm going off to other places like Kentucky and Delaware. Got to be in front of real people. So the way to do that is go to a music open mic. None of them are comedians, you know. So I want to thank you for allowing me and my friends to get up there. You know, I really appreciate it. We're not doing music, and you say it's fine. I love it. It it, it 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 breaks up the show a little bit to have to, to pepper in a couple comics. Yeah. Um and I you know, I've always been a fan of, of, of comedy. I've I've gone to shows at Caroline's and you know, uh, which I hear is closing. Yes, it is closed. That's a bummer. That's a yeah, bummer. I saw is. I saw Louie there a couple times when he uh-huh. came, yeah, yeah, like yeah. in the in the late nineties, like snuck in. But uh that's you know, I've always been a fan of stand up comedy and go and I've been to uh, stand up open mic nights, I, just as just as a you know as a patron, mm-hmm. and and I've, and I've watched I've watched comics bomb, yes, in, at at an open mic in front of other comedians, and it's like yeah. it's like it's like that one drop of blood in the water, and all the sharks <laughs> smell it circle, mm-hmm. and and it's funny to see, and like and and I know it's part of the process, and it's just the way comics work and the way comics. Think and react. I, I, I love it. <laughs> but the way we react at, at 
at my open mics at music open mic nights, if a guy bombs, you don't boom, you don't, and you don't make fun of him. Yeah. You just let him, you let him know, hey man, you'll you'll get him next time. You know? Yeah, that's right. You'll get him next time, buddy. You know, we're it's it's my open mics, music open mics, and inherently are are more like they're more like group therapy for musicians yeah. Yeah. with a cash bar. <laughs> the best way I can describe them. But the, you know, we just get together. We we talk about we talk about music. We talk about our equipment. We do, you know, we're just big nerds. Everyone thinks musicians are cool. We're not cool. Yeah, we're no. just, we're just right. giant nerds that ha- that happen to do something that chicks like. Yeah. <laughs> now I want to get to your podcast and plug mm-hmm. that. Now it's called You Good. That's it is. what it's called. called. You Good. And now it's Y A. Yep. Good question mark. Now, what is this podcast about? How can people find it? You can find it on SoundCloud. Um, and follow our, there's a Facebook page as well, uh, called You Good Podcast. And it's um it's it's basically we, we, me and my friend Dylan Jacobus. We started this podcast to just kind of uh, again, kind of just uh, like do what we do at open mic nights and talk shop uh, and talk about the music scene in, in North Jersey, like like Jersey, but kind of specifically North Jersey. Um, just that's because where I'm. I'm uh, but uh, it's music based. It's all about it music. Is, okay. It is primarily music based, but we do we do go off topic. And I know that. Uh, We've got a uh, we've got a couple of uh, shows that are coming up that are like the like we're going to do like a top ten list of annoying sounds. Okay. And that, and and some of those answers are definitely going to be music based, but some of those answers are not music based because yeah. one of the like one of my least favorite sounds in the world is when you uh, when you when a car starts up and the belt squeaks. Yeah. Yes. Oh my god! Just fix it. Just fix it already. Just just fix it. It's a cheap, it's a $20 belt. Just fix it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. That's one that bugs me is when uh, the Windows makes that sound like you screwed up. You know what I'm talking oh. about? <laughs> and sometimes you do something that you don't consider a screw up, and Windows is like, bang, it was the Windows. <laughs> that is an annoying sound. When you're like, okay, when I'm, so- if I'm in the middle of mixing something or, or um, you know, editing the podcast or whatever, and like all of a sudden we get like 40 prompts about the mouth, like our antivirus. That I right. haven't updated because the computer works offline. I don't care. Yeah, right. You're safe anyway. <laughs> yeah. So it's called You Good. Yep. Y A Good question mark. Yep. And we're looking at, to find it on SoundCloud, but there's also a Facebook group. Yeah, uh, the fa- there's a Facebook page, um, page. And, and every time when, whenever an episode drops, we share it on. We'll, we'll share the link on Facebook. Okay. Um, it's it's a small podcast. We're just starting it out. Um, we've only we we we've only been doing it consistently for like the past like two months we took a long break after my kid was uh-huh. born um because you know which makes sense yeah well you, you know just as well as i do buddy when when, <laughs> you know, when when you start building that family you got to start shifting your things around and make everything fit. yeah that's <laughs> right things go on hold my uh music career went on hold uh, when that happened, you know, uh, and I, you know, when they got older, I came back to it, but I ended up in comedy, but I want to plug your EP. Now you have, uh, an EP out there. It's called, I've been called worse, which is a great title. Now, now it's an EP cause it's short and where can people find it? Tell me about it. And we, uh, you can find it pretty much wherever you can, uh, you know, stream music from it's available on all platforms. Uh-huh. Um, and, iTunes uh, and SoundCloud. ITunes, SoundCloud. And... Uh, I believe it's on YouTube as well. 
Okay. If you type in Nick Hina, I've been called worse. I believe it still I've pops been up. Called worse. Um, yeah, and uh, this is kind of what the album cover looks like. <laughs> well, I see the vinyl behind you there, yeah. just like I have vinyl. I bet you some Led Zeppelin is in there, of course. I have, I have, I have every studio album, and uh, the song remains the same. The, the film soundtrack. I, I also have a forty-five of Hey, Hey, What Can I Do. Very nice, so perfect. That's a rare find. I got that for Look a quarter at a, at a garage sale. I got that. I got that forty-five for a quarter at a garage sale. Blew my mind. A quarter? They didn't know what they were they selling. No idea what they had. And it's what's it's on one the, of the flip? What's on the flip? It's the it's the B side actually. The A side is immigrant song. Oh, hey, what a great collection! That those and are two great songs. So when when well when 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 Zeppelin three came out, Atlantic Records said we want we want to put out a single. Led Zeppelin said no, we don't do singles. And Atlantic went and did it anyway. We yeah. took immigrant song, and then they grabbed hey hey what can I do off the shelves, and put it together. And that that's actually kind of what the last straw was. Which that's the like that that's one of the arguments that led. Zeppelin led, led led Zeppelin to uh, to forming their own label because they they were losing autonomy uh, uh -huh. at, at Atlantic yeah. and they didn't have control over their product and right so yeah so and and, and just just like Led Zeppelin does <laughs> I wanted to be just like them I, uh, <laughs> I this, this this EP was self produced uh, well not self produced I like you know like I you know no label or nothing me me and Dylan Jacobus uh, Connor Larkin. Uh, Victor Phillips, on uh, he's my he's uh, a great producer, uh, and uh, and Sean Fairley, uh, fantastic drummer. We put this together during lockdown, and actually a lot of what was recorded was recorded, um, like a lot of what ended up on the final product. I recorded in a in a in a pantry during lockdown. Mm -hmm. I was stuck. I was stuck in Pittsburgh with my now fiance uh, during the first few months of lockdown, and. We wanted to get some work done, but I had no equipment with me, just just my bazooki and my and my songbook. But I also had I had my tablet and I had my cell phone, so I I I, I kind of just jury rigged a coat rack to hold up my uh, my tablet down here and my phone up up about, about head level, and I sat in I, I stood in in this in this pantry with the door closed and a yoga mat over my head to soundproof mm -hmm. it. Looked, right. I, looked, I must have looked like a really like really normal guy, but uh, <laughs> and I recorded a lot of my vocals and, and some of the bazooki in that in that pantry. Sent it back to Jersey, and they and they were so they were working on and Vic, Victor oh, Phillips especially he was working on producing a lot of it while it was still stuck in Pittsburgh. And then I got back into Jersey, and then and then we went into the studio. We went to a, original music school of Morristown, which has some pretty cool recording studios as well, and. Uh, and we just, me and the boys, just banged out what, what was left, and Sounds good. And, and then we put it out. But yeah, it's just it was, it was not your, it was not the way a a, a typical uh, <laughs> album gets put out. No, and, <laughs> I've been called worse. Mm -hmm. Okay, now Nick Kina, everyone at home is poised to watch this film at the exact same time as we do here in the studio. Right so on. everyone at home, they've got to press play at the same time as we do here in the studio. And that's what you're here for. So why don't you go ahead, Nick Kina, and give us that celebrity countdown. Wait, 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 hang on, I gotta ask, what's the movie? The movie is called Saturn Three. It's from 1980. Now this stars Farrah Fawcett, and it's got, um, uh, Kirk Douglas and uh, I forget. You. Yeah, it's it's like a science fiction uh, film, and it's from the seventies. It, it was filmed in seventy eight, seventy nine, even though it was released in nineteen eighty. 
It's right after Star Wars, so you see a lot of Star Wars influence in it. <laughs> I it's love it Harvey Keitel. Harvey Keitel. Uh, Harvey Keitel. Is... Oh, my God. I'm watching. <laughs> and there's a crazed robot. You know, everyone's going to love this film. It's not the best film, but they're going to enjoy watching it with us. I bet they will. I bet they will. This sounds... This sounds like a real stinker, and I can't wait. Yes, right. <laughs> okay, now, Nick Kena. Okay. Everyone at home, they are poised to watch this film same time we do in the studio. They got to press play same time. So why don't you go ahead, Nick Kena, All and right, give thanks. us that celebrity countdown. Thanks so much for having me, Carl. Keep kindness in your hearts and on your minds. Three, two, one, go! Thank you, Celebrity Comedian Countdown, and thank you, Weird Beginning Movie. Oh, I want to thank that Celebrity Comedian. I haven't heard it yet, but it was fantastic. It oh, was course, just the best ones. This turn is the logo for It is up, dude. Go ahead. Turn it up. Go ahead. It is. It's hot. <laughs> Mike Green is giving me no music. There's no music going on. Yeah, that's my joke. There is no music in the beginning. We're going to get some music in a minute. Carl, I have it at 100. <laughs> now, look how this was... This was a 1980s for two second font, right? Right. Right at the beginning of the 1980s. For like the first three months, you would see a book in this title. You would see, you know, it didn't last for some reason. What was it like? Dreamscape was 1980. The nude bomb with Maxwell Smart. It was a weird year, 1980 yeah. for movies. Yeah. A lot of weird movies came out that year. Reagan just arrived. We've still had Carter on our brain. You can tell the clothing is like the 70s. Well, I do like that Farrah Fawcett has top billing of this Kirk Douglas movie. Yeah. Now, it's shot in 78, by the way. So everything we're going to see on the screen was the late 70s. But it, this is 1980 when it releases. And her name is first, even though she should it shouldn't be. But she was the more famous person. This is pretty good for non-computer non graphics. Now, Star Wars had come out. Everybody knew it. Right. And right now, we're going to get... Is it an homage to Star Wars, or is it like we better do this because that's what people expect in space movies now? Well, you want to set the stage. You want to show the vastness of space, the planet that is set, and then humanity's uh, technology. Yeah, improvement. Like, look how advanced we are. Yeah. Now well, you should do the music. Okay. I can't hear it. I can't hear it. Mike, turn I can't hear it. I, I'm turning up this. I gotta lower the sound. I can hear it. What? Mike, turn the sound down so we can see if the sound goes up. Turn up the sound. Okay. Okay, so. Um, there is Star Wars, which I'm calling Episode One, because that's chronological. The New Hope, which it wasn't called. Yes, it was in the beginning credits. This was the scene. It was a blank thing of space, and then over it went that Star Destroyer. That's exactly what they did, you sure. know, live, frame for frame. Well, wasn't that like Alien and Red Dwarf? I guess Red Dwarf was being playful. They always have the space model they want to show off at the beginning. Yeah. You know, now, you got to set the stage. But isn't this whole movie is like a sexy robot just kill chases after Kirk Douglas in the in the space station? That's a good guess. It is not that, but yes, that is it. <laughs> okay. It's not that, but you're so close. You just missed the nail, right? Your totally... next swing, you're going to hit it. So I always, I was telling Carl that I get this movie mixed up with, of course, 
Capricorn One, which is when uh-huh. they faked the moon landing, and that was directed with O.J. Simpson, and it was directed by Peter Hyam, exactly. who's but this Stanley Nonin is is he singing in the rain, Carl? Yeah, he's the director for Singing in the Rain, which he co-did with um, uh, Gene, Gene Kelly? Kelly. Yeah, he did two with Gene Kelly. He uh, was he did one called On the Town in 1949. Isn't that the one with Frank Sinatra? New York, New York. Or no, that's Anchors. Yeah, I think so. And there, there was that the one where they're like a Navy ship and they were docked in New York for the weekend. Right. Yeah, they got a weekend. I can't tell if that's Anchors Away or I think it's On the Town. That's right. a great movie. Anchors Away, I think, was a song in, uh, you know, wash that man right out of my hair. Oh, Why yeah, are we yeah, talking right. about this? Never mind. Okay. Oh, so we're in space. Here we, yes. Now we are space faring. Faring civilization, because we're by Saturn now, that's pretty fucking far. Okay, so I have no idea why this guy does it, but he murders this his captain and steals like a cylinder, which I'll just give away because we spoil things here, which is gonna end up being a robot. Okay, but I don't know why he does it. He's stealing a cylinder, which will become a robot, like a robot cylinder. Right. So here's the captain, and he's running into the locker room where he stored his cylinder. Okay? Okay. Doesn't make any sense. Right. Look at this 1970s gym. (laughs) Well, it's the future. Everything is in buttons. Yes. Here is my cylinder. Because it's laughing, yes. <laughs> Look at my no, briefcase, because and and no, you know, papers. Right now, who's this guy? He goes, "Hey, so I heard you failed the mental exam. Tough break, buddy." <laughs> this dude hey. starts going for the airlock. Right. Yeah. 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 After you tell him you lost your mental case. Right. Mental then he goes, "No, no, don't." React negatively to my comment and push the button and kill me. Go ahead, turn it up. (laughs) He's gripping on the seventies. The seventies gym benches aren't going to save you in deep space. They're not. Oops, slice. Yes. Look at that. Does it make a noise, bro? That was cut from other versions because it was like considered so disgusting. When I saw it, it looked like such a not human body that I didn't even. It's the only interesting thing I saw. I never seen a body get sliced in space. You saw it going out there. You said, "Oh, he's gonna get sliced," and they sliced him. (laughs) Hey, no running in the space lobby. Hey, no run, no running in the space. See, that's supposed to be cool because it's upside down, but it's lost on me the first time I ever saw this film. Zero gravity. So they think he's the captain, and he is now okay. getting into the captain pod. They didn't tell that this captain's ass looks a lot better now. Like it could be someone else. <laughs> yeah, they didn't notice. It fit though. Okay. I was just buggy. admiring your pleasure center. Don't call it that. <laughs> <laughs> Ow! Just kidding. All right, now that's their symbol. You see on the wall, that'll be on yeah. their jackets and stuff. We are a space barring. I'm sorry, go ahead. We we're going pretty far, Saturn. 
Yeah. Oh, so is this, this isn't like NASA. This is like a private corporation. No, I think it's like a NASA. 